0: Sometimes the most memorable stories we carry with us from military service was just the product of the branch of service we were in or the deployment we were on and the crazy stuff that happens when people with a mission and a common cause live in close quarters. The Garrison Project podcast tells those stories, your stories, and builds connections across generations of veterans. The Garrison Project, veterans connecting with veterans through the power of storytelling. And now your host, Dan Ettinger co-founder of the Garrison Project. Hey everybody! Welcome to the Garrison Project Podcast, Episode One, Season One. Pretty much everything one because it's all the uh, this is our first one. I really look forward to uh, to engaging with the community here and watching how the uh, the team grows and uh, see what kind of good work that the Garrison Project can do. Um, the uh, so I guess first thing to address is what is uh, what is the Garrison Project and the uh, the Garrison Project Podcast all about? Uh, What we are, what the Garrison Project is, is veterans connecting with veterans across generations through the power of storytelling. Uh, There's really three ways that we're going to be telling stories. There's uh, this channel right here, the the Garrison Project podcast, where uh, myself or or other uh, interviewers will be doing uh, podcasts with uh, folks who have served in the military uh, and talking about their experiences and the story that means the most to them about their time uh, in, in the military. Uh, there'll be two other channels of, uh, of the, uh, the, the Garrison project. Uh, one will be uh, through written word. Uh, so it's the podcast, then the written word, which will be just uh, input uh, from the community. You can just write your story down and send it in. I probably won't be doing any editing whatsoever to that. Maybe i just go in there and fix any grammatical stuff or something like that, but then I'll be posting those directly to our website. And then finally, uh, a a super unique way of interacting, which is in the correspondent model, and that'll be rolling out here uh, sometime very soon. Uh, We have pretty much everything set up. We're going to be running a test uh, using that channel which I, I'll be glad to, to tell you more about here in, coming, uh, in the coming week or two. Hopefully get that launched here within two weeks, uh, but, but really unique. So three, three methods of connecting, one, the podcast, two, written word, and three, a correspondent model where younger veterans connect with older veterans and vice versa to share their stories directly and face-to-face with uh, audio and video feeds that we post onto the website. So really looking forward to that. Uh, I think there's some uh, some real room here to to do something unique as a community and uh, and build a group of people who are engaging and interacting and supporting each other in, in some ways that maybe we really haven't uh, had an opportunity to uh, in the past. Uh, speaking of the website, uh, website should be ready here within the next uh, week or two. The uh, looking forward to getting that rolling out. Uh, I am by far not a uh, web designer, but I have put a little time and effort into that. I'm not looking to uh, you know, change the world of, of websites by any stretch, but really just uh, have a way that uh, we can engage in a platform that we engage over uh, with those three modes of communication. So it should be a week or so um, uh, to get that world out there. Looking forward to that. And uh, finally, let's talk about our, uh, our first guest I have a special guest uh, today on the Garrison Project podcast. Uh, it's my dad of all folks. Um, Really looking forward to hearing some stories, uh, from him. I've heard all these stories already. Uh, now it's a, now you get a chance to, uh, have him share those with you. And, uh, it's really, uh, really looking forward to, uh, to having him on the, on the podcast to, to share with us. So without, uh, without further ado, uh, we will get the, uh, the podcast started now. So thanks again for joining us. Uh, I'll, uh, say a few words after the, uh, after the interview. Hope you enjoy it. Um, Next up, my dad on the Garrison Project podcast, Dan Ettinger. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Hey, everybody. I uh, appreciate, uh, as I mentioned before, this is our uh, our first podcast here on the Garrison Project podcast. And uh, the special guest here today is uh, my dad, Dan Ettinger. Um Invited him here today to, to share some stories with us about uh, his time serving in the Navy. So, uh, welcome to, welcome to the Garrison Project uh, podcast, Dad. Thanks for being with us today. Um, before we get into your story about serving in the Navy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your family. Feel free to highlight lots of stuff about me if you wish, uh, where you live, <laughs> what you do to keep busy, hobbies, jobs, and whatever else you, we might find interesting. Go ahead.
1: Well, I uh after- after getting out of the navy I uh went to work at General Motors Corporation in Lordstown, Ohio for twenty three years and uh always had, in the back of my head always wanted to be a truck driver. And uh-huh. uh so uh one day I was uh visiting at my mother's house in Franklin, Pennsylvania and the neighbor was moving and it was a North American Van Lines uh company and I would walked over and was talking to the driver and, uh, he ended up paying me to help him,
0: uh,
1: load. And then, uh, uh, but I was still working at Lordstown and I had, uh, 23 years there. And, uh, uh, after being there for 23 years, I, uh, uh, what do I want to say? I still had that in the back of my head on my brakes. I'd walk back and watch the trucks coming and going. And then, uh, at the time, uh, uh, my first wife or Dan's mother, we, uh, ended up getting a divorce and, uh, I just wanted to change my whole lifestyle. And, uh, so at the time I saw the advertisement saying, uh, North American was hiring drivers and I read the article and it said that come to North American, we'll teach you to drive, help you invest in your first truck. And, uh, (laughs) that's basically what I did. I went to there and, uh, went to your driving school twenty twenty one day driving school and uh started was this, out at, uh, was this
0: before or after you and I flew to uh pick up your truck we'll get to that <laughs> after
1: uh <laughs> oh, oh it was after before we got the truck we flew down on a, uh, I i had a, a guy that worked for me at uh Lordstown and uh his son was sales manager of Kenworth north and Baltimore and so I talked to him about it and uh uh he uh, gave me one heck of a deal after doing it, after going through it. I knew that he did give me a good deal. And uh, I was a rookie. I knew nothing about buying trucks. All I knew is I wanted to polish the plate, polished aluminum wheels. And uh, he told me, he said, Don't worry, they'll be there. And anyhow, uh, so uh, he said, Give me a couple weeks to find a truck. And then he did. He called and said it was done he got the truck and it, uh, he said he wants to do a level two now warranty on the motor to give me a new warranty and that uh, what color did i want to paint it and i told him uh blue and he said what color, what color blue we got three different colors and i said right get metallic blue and he did and i said and i want uh all hand painted lettering and he did and uh so he called on a monday and he said uh the truck's truck's ready and i said how about I'll fly down Thursday, or Thursday night uh, to Baltimore and uh, pick me up at the motel where I'll be staying and we'll go get it. And he says, yeah. So I asked my son, Dan, did he want to go with us? And he did with me and he did. And so we flew down and uh, always remember it was a Friday morning and uh, it wasn't. Com- there was a few things needed to be done. And uh, the one was like put the radios in and things like that. And it was like, like, it was taking time to do it. And we're sitting there all in the moor all day. And he comes out and gives us each a jacket. Then he gives us each a, a ball cap and giving me stuff, uh, floor mats and everything for in the truck for for just for wait, taking so much time. Yep. finally, finally it was done. And I've uh, never, never driven anything like this. I, back then you didn't have a CDL. You just needed a chauffeur's license. And uh, he was done, and he I always remember. He said, "I told him I, how do you drive this?" And <laughs> and uh, so he showed uh, showed me how to drive around Baltimore. And, uh, so Friday afternoon, Dan and I took off heading back up to Ohio, and we made it up to. Uh, it was in March, and by the time we was getting up, we took I three up to uh, into Pennsylvania. It started freezing rain, and we got on Interstate eighty right before a little uh, snowshoe. That's a hill, a, Tennessee, a, a Tennessee. hill or in a town.
0: <laughs> snowshoe,
1: Pennsylvania, Yeah. So we, uh, it was, uh, trucks were sliding all over the hill. They were getting ready to shut it down. And I'm bobtailing on ice and, uh, we stayed in the breakdown lane and made it up to the top and back, to find a little truck stop up there, snowshoe truck stop and spent the night there and then mm-hmm. got up Saturday morning and to the house. And it was a couple more weeks before I was going into their North American school and, uh, got there and went to their 21 day driving school and uh here we go about on my own uh, truck driving career which is 29 years i had with uh north american who then was they uh, sold out not a sold out they formed a new company which was specialized transportation incorporated and i ran in a division eventually made it to a division there was uh 9 of us and we hauled ultra high value temperature controlled items things like uh, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls. We hauled those for the Israelis. And then uh, the Shroud of Turin I hauled that for the uh, Vatican, which was, there's no weight to it. It's just did, it was, uh high value, temperature controlled, and we were uh, armed escorted. Did that for 29 years and uh, retired last year. And uh, had my knee replaced. I had an artificial knee and a... Uh, been working out at the ymca and uh before and <laughs> after the operation and uh that's what i'm doing now and uh with the encouragement of sunday and uh start uh kent state in uh business management uh see what i can do there that's what i'm doing now <laughs>
0: that's right that's right that's uh that's pretty cool. And if uh if I remember correctly here, a couple of times you mentioned if this uh if this podcast launches and gets off the ground, are you wanting to start your own truck driving podcast? Is that what you're
1: saying? Oh, I, I thought about that. It was uh because <laughs> of all the stories I have that uh, people yeah. said, Wow, well, you ought to write a book about that. And there's just yeah. all kind of things that happened to me over the twenty nine
0: years that uh Oh, oh very I interesting. Oh man. <laughs> pardon oh i know you've told me about them. <laughs> oh yeah and it's
1: uh it's uh just because of the value of the things that we hauled the, the interesting things like i was telling you earlier what we hauled there and uh and then you have the opposite end but when i always remember one time we uh we, there was three trucks of us. we had to uh got our orders to be at uh playboy mansion in chicago and it was when uh Hugh Hefner was uh, retiring and they were moving all his memorabilia and uh, everything out to, uh, we had out to Hollywood where we put it in storage out there. But uh, I remember they're loading there. Everything was all put on on skids. All we had to do was back up the dock and they'd loaded us. And that was at the other end of the of things we hauled. And we hauled for uh, US Marshal Service, NASA. Uh, yep. Yep. One thing that, uh, the new uh, James uh, James Webb Telescope, the one that's going to be replacing the Hubble Telescope, uh, there was 18 of these mirrors that had to be specially made, and they were constantly moved between uh, Coleman, Alabama, uh, out to uh, out Denver, called like by Denver, Colorado, Colorado, not Colorado things. anyhow, and into New Jersey, then they end up down in uh, at the U.S. missile place in uh, Alabama. And it's, well, they're still assembling this, this thing. There was eighteen of these mirrors. Very expensive. I'll Each, make one, was well, Each make, one was insured. Each one was insured. I'll
0: make you a deal. Here's here's a deal. The uh, since this is my first podcast, it'll be open to listeners. Uh, we can spin off the uh, podcast of this one. It's all about truck driving and all that kind <laughs> of stuff. Because I'm not right. want to hear about it. Um. But, uh, but let's hop back on the Navy thing just real quick. And uh, you know, I appreciate uh, you sharing that uh, that spin up there. But let's get uh, warmed up real quick for the uh, for the Navy story that you're going to tell. By give us just a, a couple of thoughts about uh, when you why you joined the military, where you were at when you joined the military. Uh, you, you're from Franklin, so you joined from there. Tell us a little bit about that. Why you joined and uh, what you did while you were in.
1: Oh yeah. Um... I always remember it was uh, a bunch of us got together in from Franklin and not a bunch, but, uh, it was, uh, I was originally was going down to Pittsburgh on a bus. We were going to join the Marines <laughs> and, uh, got down there and they, uh, because of my flat feet, uh, they wouldn't let me join at the time. So, uh, anyhow, we got uh, a good friend of mine. We graduated together. We got on the bus and, uh, and we got down to Pittsburgh and, uh, because there were so many of us, it was 32 of us. Uh, they said, You guys, uh, they're full up at the uh, Great Lakes. Do you guys want to go to uh, California, San Diego? And everybody said, Yeah. So we all got, they put us all on the plane and flew us out to San Diego. And uh, I always remember waking up and uh, we got there late at night in, in the LA and then they flew us down to San Diego and mm-hmm. put us in the room for the night to, uh, to, to later in the day they were going to you know, come get us we're tired, you know tired and, everything. and I always remember waking up looking out the mirror or out the window and uh seeing that sign recruit depot san diego and I uh, said what, what did I do year? now <laughs> what year was it, it? Part. what year oh this oh this is 196. just turned 1962 january of 62 very, cool. very cool anyhow and uh still had the boot camp there at san diego and then uh I originally wanted to be an engine man and, uh, because, uh, the recruiters, they said, what's, what is the uh, firing order on a V8 engine? Because I couldn't think of that. He says, I'm going to make you aviation. <laughs> so I became a aviation structures mechanic hydraulic and, uh, uh, went to boot, to training at, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, yeah, for a uh, four months training. And then, uh, to the Naval Air Station, Oceana, Virginia Beach, Hack Squadron 42. And uh, we were, at the time, well, at the time, we were the training squadron for the A1E, the old prop-driven planes. And then uh, was with that for about a year. And then we became the uh, training squadron for the Navy's newest all-weather attack aircraft, the A6 Intruder. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, wore- I was in airframes and uh, working basically on hydraulics. and. Uh, that's where basically we would go for training um, uh, for two different aircraft carriers, uh, forestall and the independence would go out for carrier qualifications for the pilots mm-hmm. or down to, uh, excuse me, to uh, Marine Corps air station, Yuma for uh, uh, bombing and things and that, that nature. And, yeah. and I was spent a month down there for that. But, uh, so how, uh, long, how,
0: long, in, how long did you serve? How long did you serve?
1: Four years active duty, Very and cool. uh, and uh, most of the time was at uh, Virginia Beach. And uh, so uh, I'll, we, when um, President Kennedy, John Kennedy, was assassinated, I had uh, petty officer the watch, and I always remember we had a uh, junior ensign was duty officer, and he. He was ready to sound general quarters, and uh, you know, sound the big alarm. And he said, "What do you got for me?" What well, I thought, I said, "I think maybe i ought ask, call the skipper at home and see, see what he says." Right. And that's what I guess that's what he did because there was no general alarm sounded.
0: <laughs> right. The uh, I know we're going to talk about uh, a special request story that uh, that I had because I've because uh, I've heard it growing up and all that. But there was something else you mentioned uh, that you were part of the the standby uh, squadron or something like that. For uh, oh for yeah, Cuba.
1: during the Cuban Missile Crisis, we were um, oh, we were tax Squadron Forty Two, Carrier Air Group Five, and uh, when the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, started, uh, we we became one of the main strike forces that was going to hit Cuba in case anything happened, mm-hmm. and. uh, Everybody was on watch, and uh, luckily it, it didn't. Uh, nothing happened. Uh, you know, whatever uh, Ronald Reagan told them, uh, they backed off. Or I'm sorry, uh, President Kennedy told them uh, yeah. they backed off, and uh, nothing happened there. But uh, I always remember that we were, everybody was standing by. We were all on duty,
0: it, waiting to go. Too, uh... Not not to let a detail slip by, uh, there when you were saying when you were uh, picking which field to go into, the you're saying that the the recruiter or somebody said give me the firing order for a V8 and you and you couldn't name it so he put you in aviation is that right?
1: Yeah, I always remember that. He, the recruiter said I I don't know why I just my mind went blank and I couldn't think of the firing order of a V8 engine and uh, so and then he oh and then also I. I passed the test for uh, uh, sonar, and he said, "Do you want to go into the submarine service?" And I—I I, I was really—I thought about it after we said that, but yeah. I just—I I just, I just uh, went ahead and went with the uh, aviation.
0: Uh, worked out pretty good. So, what what is the firing order for a <laughs> To aviation? this day, I I I just I can't remember it. <laughs> so okay all right so so now on to the uh on the main story here um as you know uh the garrison project podcast is about veterans connecting with veterans across generations through the power of storytelling and i invited you uh here today on on the show on our first podcast uh to share a story about your service that other uh, veterans maybe people from that served during the same time frame you did or maybe uh aviation, Navy guys now, or maybe whoever, uh, the stories that people would resonate with the day to day stuff that happened. Um, you can certainly tell stories about uh, dramatic or harrowing stuff, but not all of us have those stories. So above all else, I wanted to hear the story from your service that means the most to you, the one that represents that time to you the most. So, uh, so dad, uh, tell us the story about, um, the uh going down and fixing the the nose gear on the uh on the on the airplane you were telling- you've told me about several times
1: well it was it was the main uh right main gear on the a six intruder the a six was uh noted for its uh short landing and takeoff abilities and we i made a couple of trucks into uh uh, in uh, South Carolina, Beaufort, South Carolina, for doing shows with the planes. Uh, they were showing how short it could land and take off. And it was uh, during the week uh, we got a call. I can't remember what day of the week. One of the planes, uh, we also trained the uh, Marine squadrons too. And uh, one of our planes went in at uh, Cherry Point, North Carolina, uh, US Air Station, uh, U.S. Marine Corps air station cherry point north carolina mm-hmm. and uh he tried a short field landing and uh he held his brakes on too long and he took off and the the right side uh, the brakes caught on fire and he raised the gear up into the into the bay and it did a lot of damage and he was able to blow the gear down with uh air and landed and uh I also remember we had to, uh, there was myself and another uh uh, mechanic, air, airframe mechanic. And we flew into Cherry Point and the difference between when a, uh, uh, Navy pilot would land, the plane captain would come out, open the, the steps down for him and he'd stand there. Whereas a Marine, uh, the plane crewman would open the steps, climb up and hand he'd, uh, they'd take the helmet and the gas, the uh, face mask and, uh, his uh, maps and everything and hand it to him. and He'd come come back down to stand there at attention for him. So at the time, I was this E3, or E4 rather, and a third class petty officer, but I had a flight suit and uh, everything in the helmet. And I had that on over my uniform, which was, uh, I had my E4 stripes, third class petty officer stripe on, over the uniform, then zipped up. And so anyhow, we came in, we come in and the, uh, uh, who say, uh, E five sergeant and, uh, there's a plane captain, he come up my side, open the door and come up my side and I handed him everything mm-hmm. and, uh, he climbed down stand there at attention. And, uh, I always remember, I come down off the steps and unzip my my coveralls and drop them down. And <laughs> he was just out of E four. And I always <laughs> remember he just said everything on the ground and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so anyhow, uh, I that's one thing I always remember.
0: Yep. What uh, and was there something about you guys uh, hitting a bar or something that night?
1: Oh, I, I wishing, oh, wish No, that was that was when we were in, uh, Beaufort, South Carolina, a little a little bar in the middle of nowhere, and it was yep. called the Last Resort. And I always remember, even the it was the Last Resort because the bar itself was made out of. Uh, Cement blocks just stacked up, and then two two by twelves laying across them, and that was the last resort.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, very cool. Um, I've heard that story uh, a bunch growing up and all that kind of stuff, and I appreciate it. And so maybe that may or may not be the story that means the most about your service to you, but it, but it certainly uh, is something that I've always uh, always thought of when I when I remember your service. Um, so. Uh, you know, getting kind of close to the end of the podcast here. Um, you know, we appreciate sharing uh, a quick story about your time in the in the military and spending time connecting with other veterans. Uh, we all appreciate uh, the you know the kind of feeling of camaraderie and all that we get. Uh, you know, and as we move on to our civilian life and all that stuff, remembering time, So I appreciate that. Um, do you have any parting thoughts about uh, maybe stuff that you learned while you're in the military or uh other stuff that jumps out at you or that you'll never forget. Um or, you know specifically stuff maybe that you learned that has stayed with you through your life?
1: Uh I don't know. Just um just uh I really can't think of anything, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I get it. Um it's been, been a little while since you've been in, right? Right. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Yeah. I got got out in 66 Yeah.
0: Well, well. Um, so, like I said, I, I really appreciate it, uh, and uh, I appreciate uh, you taking a few minutes to to connect with us and helping me build the uh, the Garrison Project podcast. And uh, it's a uh, it's a deal. If uh, if we get a bunch of folks asking about uh, truck driving stories, you know, I'm going to help you start that podcast. I'll host it for you if you want. And oh, yeah, uh, no pre- problem. <laughs> appreciate you being part of the team. So, love you, Dad. We'll uh, we'll talk to you sometime soon. All right.
1: Okay. Love you too, Dan. Hey,
0: everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for the Garrison Project podcast. Thanks a bunch to Bill Newicki for voiceover, uh, Mark Covel for intro and outro music, and thanks uh, thanks again to everybody for participating and look forward to growing the Garrison Project community uh, as a team and seeing where, uh, seeing where this goes. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. You have been listening to the Garrison Project Podcast with Dan Eddington. Veterans connecting with veterans across generations through the power of storytelling. Look for us on the web and social media, and please share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks for the support. Like us whenever you listen to our podcast, and stay tuned for more episodes.